0: you're not introducing me because i want to do it justice (laughs) (laughs) who knows who knows you better than you oh you know what i i i i I forgot something all right hey this is the nice lady that Uh -uh. took me in when i was homeless many 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 moons ago yes
1: that's what i did
0: her and her spunky mom rest in peace took pity on this stray wildcat and uh yeah yeah no but um (laughs) you know we go back decades so um yeah yeah no no you 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 do yours i can't i can't do you justice
1: um i mean what's up tiana giovanna i'm a writer i'm an author i talk to people sometimes uh certified neuro-linguistic programmer yeah
0: Wait, there what is go. that? I mean, I know what it is, but for those that don't know what NLP is, could you uh, give us the basics on it?
1: Um, Essentially, it's a mindset hack through hypnosis is the best way that I can describe it. So um, you can reprogram your mindset um, to help you switch that up, manifest, live your best life. And there you go. That's the easiest definition.
0: Oh, okay. So how I've seen it used in TV is you say a bunch of stuff and then you say a word <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then it's, it's, well, this plant a seed subconsciously in that person's mind and you just keep playing. Is that, is that doing too much? Is that
1: Essentially? Yeah. It's, um, it's a way to mentally alter your future timeline from the present. Um, or you can mentally off alter a past timeline to help you reprogram yourself or to, to help yourself in the future. So the idea, for instance, if you start working out today, mm-hmm. every day for, you know, the next year, right? You put in a workout schedule you, and your goal is to get fit every day from now until September 22nd of 2024, right? Mm-hmm. The idea is your future self will thank you for starting a year ago right? Because now you're like, okay, I'm in this great shape. I started this a year ago, and I'm so glad that I started when I started because now I'm where I want to be. So the idea is you can implant ideas in your own head to be like, hey, give your future self something to thank you for. So it can deal with like healing childhood trauma to put you on the right track. It it's, it's can be shadow work. It can be a lot of different things.
0: How would one use that in, in the dating market or in the game of dating and mating.
1: Um I mean it,
0: that's, that's the only way I've ever question. seen it, yeah that's the only way I've ever seen it applied on, on TV and film. The guy reads the book and he meets the girl and he <laughs> that's the only way I've ever seen it applied. So when you say NLP well, I, I it, automatically think a guy is trying to date a woman and he puts subconscious words in throughout the conversation.
1: No, it's no it. I mean, you can do that, but unless she is expecting or unless she has been programmed to react a certain way to be subconscious words, that's not going to work. OK. Like it's okay. really for yourself. It's really okay. something that you do for yourself in order to help you produce a specific outcome. And it's very much linked to um, addressing your mindset and reaching goals.
0: So is this what you would recommend most people get into to kind of reprogram themselves to, ex- to put in no. for a, expect a better outcome in, in life or, or no?
1: No, I don't think it's a one size fits all kind of a thing. I right. think, um, you know, mindset can be tackled a lot of different ways, depending on the person okay. for sure. Yeah, no, it's you, you got to figure out what works for you for sure. Okay. Okay. Cause a lot of people don't want to change. Like, let's be honest. You can sit here and say I want to change all day long, but you don't actually want to put in the work.
0: I agree, too. unless you know life calamity forces them and some God act of God, and they have no choice but to. I I agree. I agree. Yep. I yeah. agree. Okay, so we go back a lot of years.
1: A lot of years. We're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about how many years. We're about to. We're about to take years,
0: Right, right, life. right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we 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 go way back. I mean. God, and all the fucking adventures and shenanigans we you know um in and out the business and just personal lives and stuff um you i would say you know me better than most okay i i would say you know me you're like one of two people that know me inside and out
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh i always say you know where all the bodies are buried but for, for the most part whatever and to say it like that though
1: i do i
0: the way you say it,
1: though. I take, but I take pride in the trust that you have in me, though. Uh,
0: yes, right. Yes, you are yes. not
1: a very trusting individual. Let's be I, honest. I am not. So yeah, like I do, I, I appreciate that. I accept it. I take pride in it, one hundred percent.
0: Okay. So some people would say I have a problem. I don't think it's a problem. But I, I came to visit you a few months back, and the way you broke it down, I was like, hmm. that because I've been called a collector. A a, a A collector? Yeah.
1: I think philanderer is is quite a good word.
0: That sounds worse than a collector.
1: I mean, it depends.
0: Wow, really?
1: What? Is it?
0: That's bad. A philanderer?
1: I mean, okay, so a philanderer is someone who is readily or frequently entering into casual sexual relationships with women
0: is that what that is
1: that is what that is
0: that sounds very bad i don't like let's find another term i like do collector you i eat. okay
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you 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 listen you assess-
1: i'm going spade a spade you can call all it right all right
0: that's fine that's fine I, i'll take it that's i'm here for my self-diagnosis you diagnose me few months back and the term stuck with me and i've been meaning to get you on camera and because maybe i'm not the only one that suffers from this affliction but let's just break it down because i like to date a lot
1: uh yeah that is uh that's a way that's a way to put it that's a way to put it um no i mean we all we all come with baggage right like we all come with baggage yeah and, um, dating is no exception. And you, so you like to knock them down and Dang,
0: see, you like to she knock like,
1: him down frequently.
0: Oh my God. You and said that sounds so bad. No, but it's, so am I'm I I'm do, he...
1: do I need to get clinical with it? Like, or does it doesn't sound so bad. I mean, We're here for honesty. We're here for honesty.
0: I did not see this going this way when I.
1: No, it's not, but oh. it's okay. Listen, you. You enjoy the companionship of women, and <laughs> but there's a reason, right? There's a reason. Yes, I know there's... that you shared um, on here before about your fiance. Yeah, yeah. And, yes. you know, there is in your eyes At you're at a formidable age and this woman was top tier, right? Top tier. And you've always talked about her and put her on this pedestal that is miles above the rest, right? right?
0: this is true, this is true.
1: And, but at the height of the love that you felt for her, at the height of the, you know, you getting ready to start your life with this woman, she tragically passes away, mm-hmm. right? And you never got to say goodbye. You never really got to like, to close that gap. And so in your mind, anyone, like you're, you're chasing that feeling, right? (laughs) You're chasing that feeling. And so you are, you know, there's that famous 80s white folk song, addicted to love. And that's what you are. But There's a reason, like, so that's, that's called limerence, right? Like we know, like when we get into that, um, the the beginning stages of a relationship, usually like the first six months, right? Mm -hmm. You're in it and it feels new and it's fresh and you can't wait for them to call and like you just crave their presence and so on and so forth. That's the closest thing that you can get to having the feeling of having your fiance back because that was cut short. So because of that, because of the age that that happened at, because of how early on in the relationship it happened, because you were still at the peak, at peak, like, love with this woman, now you chase that because it was, it was lost to you in such a tragic way. So I think that's what it is with you. You chase limerence. You chase the newness of relationships, because that's what feels good. And so once the limerence kind of dies away and you settle into the newer phase, the next phase of the relationship, which is that comfort and the the knowing and the familiarity, the familiarity is boring. It doesn't light you up like the newness of a relationship does. And so then you start to see the flaws in your partner. Then you start to become comfortable Maybe you are uncomfortable with their comfort with you because now they're showing, you know, that like ugly morning breath phase <laughs> is stepping in. And that's not what you're into. Like it's, it's feelings change. And so instead of riding the wave of familiarity and comfort and, and um, coupling, that you, you become disinterested and you move on to the next. And that's what it comes down to. That's why you you chase that. And so that's why, you know, it's not being in a relationship, a long-term relationship is very, very difficult for you because you, you're still romanticizing what it would have been. Sorry, you're still romanticizing what it would have been with your fiance, who was, she was it for you.
0: Yeah, when you told me this, it didn't sound this bad.
1: But it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just it is what it is, right? and And if you understand that, you're able to to deal with it,
0: okay. How does one deal with that?
1: Bro, therapy <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean,
0: really outside of therapy? No?
1: you know what? In all honesty, I would say, like just, Understanding that the next phase, that that comfortable, familiar phase of love, does it? I think you need to find the joy in that mm-hmm. versus only seeking the rush. Right? That's really kind of kind of what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. You're seeking that rush, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: That I don't like I don't like what you know nah, because when you said it at the house it was nicer and not much of a gut punch It didn't sound this
1: but this it's old. I mean it shouldn't be a gut punch it shouldn't be a gut punch it's not I promise I'm not I'm not knocking you down like you knock them down
0: <laughs> what the fuck ever whatever
1: <laughs> but you know it is what it is and it's you just have to find your footing when it comes to being in a long term relationship and what fits for you what you like
0: about that well i mean yes i and, did and, 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 and I did wow yeah she really did in a perfect you know what the hell with y'all whatever anywho um yeah I stopped comparing others to her like i i I learned I can't do that. No one would measure up. That's not fair to them, of course. And um, I guess the, the rush is still. Uh, yeah, that's bad, huh?
1: But you know what? As far as the comparison is concerned, that's something that's deeply, deeply embedded in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. Like consciously, you're not comparing anybody to her, but that was the that was the bar for you,
0: right? Yeah. So
1: it's not about a comparison. It's about meeting us and sustaining literally an unsustainable bar. Because you were never able to experience the comfort side of it with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that comfort side seems boring in comparison because it is. Unless you pull out what you love about the comfort side.
0: Right. Okay. So what would a therapist tell me? Or what exercise would a therapist give me to, to exercise this particular demon per se?
1: Um, I like to have people write down like pros and cons of what their situation is, right? Like pros and cons of being in a relationship. Um, so like, for instance, a pro is, you know, loyalty. A pro is comfort. A pro is sustainability. A pro is, you know, you have someone to grow old with. Um, And a con might be, you know, drama. A con might be SGDs. A con might be, you know, like a con might be insustainability, right? Um, A con might be never being able to actually connect with someone on that deep, deep level. And so really kind of sitting out, and then pulling out, like, your favorite part of the pros, right? Like, I love the comfort. I love to be able to lay on the couch and, you know, let a woman stroke my hair and feeling that, you know, feeling safe and feeling like I've got this. Like, nothing's going to fuck this up, right? Um, Sorry, can I cuss on your
0: shit? Yes, you can curse, yes.
1: Um, so, you know, just picking out what, what can can help you in that. Also continuing to date and trying new things that align with your partner, you and your partner, right? So for instance, um, my husband and I have been married for 13 years now. And every year on our anniversary, um, it's just one of the things we do, instead of give, we don't give gifts to each other, we have, we do new things, right? So we'll go on a vacation, right? So one year we flew to New York on a whim, Went to Dave Chappelle show, laughed together. Um, I love Erica Badu. She opened up for him. Um, so it was a fantastic experience. We, um, it was our first time going to New York together. And then after that, we literally chased Erica Badu through the city, stalker style, mm-hmm. and we found out she was DJing at another club after the fact, right? And so right. we made it to the club. We were able to get in, and we partied all night long. And so it was a brand new experience. It was something that brought us closer. It was fun as hell. And it's something that we will always remember. And so every year on our anniversary, we'll do something like that. One year we went ziplining together. One year we flew to um, Arizona and we went hiking together. And just things like that 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 are fun that you can experience with that person to keep it fresh because it gets stale real fast. Yes.
0: Well, oh, man, congrats to the 13th because I remember. When, Thank you. I remember when he proposed, and, and I was like, it was I, I couldn't believe it was that long ago. Man. I remember the picture, and I was like, yeah, that, I ain't doing that shit. Fuck all that
1: shit. Shout <laughs> so, out to getting <laughs> pregnant right away. Yeah, right, right. Um,
0: okay, so I like the segue. <laughs> I like the segue. What what are marriage misconceptions that you wish would 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 die off, or what is it? you you see the online banter you see it's basically marriage is the worst thing ever uh, you know or it's so outdated which i do agree it's outdated but um you're in a successful marriage so is your viewpoint skewed would someone say well you know Tiana, you know you got the guy you get the family the house and the cars and, and whatever you know, so what do you say to people that have a, a negative viewpoint, a connotation attached to marriage?
1: Well, I think um, your mindset draws, cre- it, it creates your reality, okay. right? We know that. If you have a skewed ver- like idea of marriage, then guess what? Your marriage is going to be skewed okay. um, or finding that marriage is going to be skewed. And that's not to say don't be real about it. Cause definitely be real. Um, there is such a thing as toxic positivity. And I believe a lot in that. Um, but, but common misconception, I misconceptions I think is that marriage is 50, 50. Cause that shit is not, it is not, it is not. Sometimes it's 80, 20. Sometimes it's 60, 40, sometimes it's 50, 50, but, um, I think setting boundaries and setting ground rules and really understanding each other before you decide to get married is huge. Understanding whose role is is what. Now, I am not in the conventional, like, um, she does all the housework and she rears the kids and she, like, it's not traditional. I am the breadwinner in my house. Um, And, you know, when I got pregnant. So fun fact, I got pregnant the first time we had sex. So he did that on purpose. Um, And and before we decided to move forward with carrying out the pregnancy, and we said, okay, we're going to do this. I told him, I said, listen, if we're going to do this, I am not the only one changing diapers. I am not the only one getting up in the middle of the night to feed the baby. I am not the only one who is going to take care of schooling and registration and nurturing. And like, this is you. You are not hands-off daddy. Because if you are a hands-off daddy, then I'm about to be a single mother. Point blank, period. I can do this shit by myself. Mm. Um, and he respected that. He was like, yeah, absolutely. He wanted to be hands-on. But I laid it out in the very beginning. And then... If he was slacking or even if I was slacking, he would let me know, like, hey, this is what we agreed to. So when you draw those lines in the sand and you understand each other in a a mutually respectful way, then you can move on to success. But it's it's when someone is not carrying their weight and sometimes the weight of their partner, sometimes the weight of their partner. That's when you get bogged down with drama. You have to, you, can, you cannot expect it to be 50-50. And when, when, when it's an 80-20 day for me and I need him to have 80% of it and I'm, I've only got 20% left in me, I need to communicate that to him. Babe, it was a hard day today. Can you take care of dinner tonight? I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Do you got it in you? If you don't, what are we going to pick up for dinner? right? If the house is a mess and I don't have it in me, hey, can you, are we cool with it being messy for a minute? Or can you, you know, can you step in and vice versa, babe, it's been a really long day. I just need some time by myself. Can you entertain the kids when I get home? I need to take a nap. Absolutely. And it's, it's about treating each other with that, that respect, communicating what you need and understanding and knowing, like I said, it's not going to be 50, 50, 50. just Okay.
0: So when you hear the rhetoric, um, when you hear the rhetoric and I'm picking on women right now, but you hear a lot of, um, the gender roles be discussed. We don't have those conversations. Mm-hmm. So I I don't understand why would they feel the need to bring that into their relationship? It's some things just should be understood. Um, and I agree there's ebbs and flows. We don't have to have that, that, those type of conversation all the time. Like I get it. I, I mm-hmm. wash dishes. I do the laundry, mm-hmm. you know, just like, shit. What, this, is it entitlement?
1: On the women's part or on the men's part? What do you mean?
0: Either either one. Because it's, it sounds like they're coming from two polar opposites and there's no middle ground to meet.
1: I feel like people are trying to adhere to gender stereotypes or societal norms that don't work for them in their relationship. Okay. You, as an individual, you have to figure out what is best for you in your relationship? In your relationship, it may not be to get married. And that's okay. You don't, every relationship does not need to lead to marriage. Um, but I think that I think that those conversations about what the expectations are, are absolutely vital when we are living in a time when you must have a two-income household. Okay. When we are living in a time when You know, um, as a demographic, Black women are the most highly educated and are often making more money than men, uh, than their male counterparts. You have to have these conversations because a lot of people are coming in, um, or I should say a lot of men are coming in expecting, okay, well, yeah, obviously you're going to cook and you're going to take care of the kids and you're going to clean the house because that's what my mom did. But now you're also going to work. And oftentimes you're also going to bring home more money than me. But you're still going to cook and you're still going to clean and you're still going to rear the children and you're now you're going to pay all the bills. That stereotype of the breadwinner and the homemaker has been crushed since the 80s when you know almost 50 percent or i'm sorry more than 50 percent of households were two income households now they have to be so when does the resent like men need to understand that resentment is going to start creeping in and women are now in a position where you know we don't have to be married anymore back in the day a lot of people want to point to their parents or their grandparents and oh they made it work motherfucking your grandmama couldn't get credit Like she literally could not get credit until what, like 1976? A woman could not get a credit card on her own. She was uh, not there because she loved your grandpa. She was there because she had no choice. A lot of women, you know, it was frowned upon if they worked outside the household. Um, uh, like pre World War II, right? Like a lot of women, they could not buy a house on their own without a male counterpart to to help them do that. So. You know, yeah, you might be like, yeah, same thing happened to my grandma and grandpa. They were married for 70 some years. My grandpa used to whoop my grandma's ass, and she was like, I cannot leave. I have six children, and I can't even get credit. Like, wow. And a lot of people don't take these things into consideration when they think about relationships and marriage today.
0: So is it fair to say that the men have not have failed to adjust to society, the, the, the culture of dating, I think it's and dating? both
1: men and women? I think it's both men and women because now women want to go in and instead of having these frank and honest conversations, they want to go in in the very beginning of the relationship. Oh yeah. They want to cook for you. Yeah. They want to clean the house. Yeah. They want to be pretty. Oh, I'm going to go to work. I'm a boss bitch, blah, blah, blah. I got the hustle, but that's not sustainable. Okay. So then when they stop doing it, six months a year in because they're burnt out and then you bring kids into play. So that's an added expectation. Okay. And since she has taken on these roles traditionally, she's going to, it's going to be expected that she takes on the motherhood role in full force and be the primary nurturer. She has set herself up for failure instead of being real from day one and being like, look, I'm not always going to cook. I enjoy cooking right now. But after doing it for 10 years, that shit gets old. You know how tired I am of making dinner. Like that's the worst part of my day is choosing <laughs> what I'm going to figure it out, what I'm going to feed my family and then cooking it. Are you kidding? After 13 years, it gets old as hell.
0: Okay. So let me ask you have this
1: those expectations in place
0: this, So let's take your social circle. Let's take your group, your, your, your demographic, your village. People you could work with would, if the women that you know mm-hmm. they come across a man that could financially support them 100%, they don't have to do anything, would they take the man upon their offer?
1: There is only they- one person in my social circle that would do that.
0: And why wouldn't the rest of them do that?
1: Um, my social circle is different, okay. My social circle is made up of educated women who enjoy being successful because they enjoy, because that's who they are, right? They enjoy bringing home, but they're also, you know, I know women who are, who are very successful, who are in their forties, who have no children and are not married. Okay. I have women in my circle who are, who are well-educated and married. Um, but, I think a lot of the women that I surround myself with, that's boring to them. Okay. Like that, they, I'm you know, I am not religious at all, but it even says in the Bible, like work, like people are meant to work. The reason it says that, or the, the idea behind it is because that gives you meaning, right? A lot of times when you look at men versus women, women live longer than men. And shortly, especially if they're in a really long term relationship, they live longer than men. And then when they're when their husband passes away, then they a lot of times they will go, you know, within a couple of years thereafter, even mm-hmm. if they feel very even if they seem to be very healthy up until then. It's because we have taken on the role of the nurturer and we are working. We have stuff to do. But if you're just one of those people who's like yeah, you could take care of me. Well, where is where do you find value in your life? What brings you fulfillment? Because I don't know anybody on this planet who is going to be genuinely fulfilled sitting on the couch, letting one someone just take care of them. Okay, like you so- ha- and, and if that's the case, it it it's different if like, she's like, oh yeah, just take care of me. And she's got her own thing that she's doing. Like mm-hmm. I'm volunteering or I'm, You know, I I contribute time to X, Y and Z or, you know, but most people that I know are not like, yeah, just take care of me. Like they want to do something. They want to live a good life and they want someone to contribute to that good life. But, you know, no one wants to be like, I could do it on my own and struggling.
0: Okay, so so now it seems we have not only a cultural difference, but a generational difference uh, between how women. Okay, so now the women after you. Well, I would say adopt more of a mindset that you have. Is that fair to say?
1: I would hope so, but I I don't know. I just know how I'm raising my girls. Okay. And I think that a lot of women of of similar mindsets to me are raising their girls and their boys differently. I know, you know, a few of my women friends, you know, at the end of the day, they talk about how all these men are, um, like they complain about the men, but they don't take into consideration how they are raising their own sons, Mm -hmm. right? Um, My sister, for instance, case in point, she has two boys and she was that mom who did everything for her kids, right? Everything, she doted after them constantly. And now she's like, I don't understand why my sons think they're so entitled. You don't? Are you sure about that? I didn't raise them like that. Are you sure about that? And then she'll pause and be like, oh shit. Maybe, maybe I am, you know, maybe I did have a hand in that. Um, And then also, you know, society still feeds into the gender role ideas, right? For both men and women. Um, so like I said, I, I can only speak to how I'm raising my daughters and I'm raising my daughters to be self-sufficient, communicative, kind, caring individuals. Um, but I also want them to be, I want them to be independent. I don't want them to be hyper-independent like me. Um, I want them to know their worth, but I also want them to be okay with being taken care of. And that's something that I struggle with too. So I'm trying to make them better than me.
0: Do you think the gender roles will be pretty much abolished by the time our kids are of dating age?
1: I don't think so. I don't think that they should be. Right? I think men are inherently protectors. I don't think that that's a gender role that women need to take on. I think women are inherently nurturers. I don't think, I, I do think men need to be nurturing, but I don't think that that necessarily has to be their number one role. Like there is a law, okay? There are 12 universal laws. And one of those 12 universal laws is gender, right? The law of gender means that there needs to be a masculine and a feminine energy in order to for the for the universe to be in balance. Agreed. There has to be someone to plant the seed and there has to be someone to sow the seed. Right, so right. this is not an argument against gender roles. I think okay. there needs to be there. I, I think they need to be there. I just think that they need to be reimagined for what works for us in 2023 and beyond. OK, Does
0: that make I sense? don't. Yeah, I agree, but I don't think what I think a man is will be different will be vastly different say what what me sees yeah when she gets older like she'll have okay, that's dad, but dad is that's a long time ago that was dad's day now it's I gotta deal with these you know so um if you have a society that is telling men your naturally biological hardwire is not is no longer needed. What are men to do?
1: Well, but there's a difference. Are are men naturally biologically hardwired to not be able to feed themselves? No. That comes down to cooking, right? Uh, right. Okay. Are men biologically, you know, hardwired to be mean to children? No, they can they can still be masculine, and be nurturing, right? They can still be masculine. In the kitchen, look at all the top chefs in the world. You know, like most of them are men. So when I say gender roles need to be reimagined for what makes sense, I mean, in within the household and within a marriage, right? Um, Because we're living in a different time. Gender roles are not sustainable in a household where you have to have two incomes. Okay. Because it's just not... Most women, like, will do the work. But just because we can do it all doesn't mean that we should do it all.
0: Okay. What do you say to those women that can't pull themselves back and dial it back a bit because they feel that they can do it all, they should do it all. And then when they get the the least desired results when they're trying to date because, you know, they had that mindset so so what do you tell those women
1: you know what if it works for you do what works for you but if it doesn't work for you if you are you know you feel like you can do it all and you're still full of energy and life and this is what this is what you know this is what lights you up then by all means do that but if you feel like you're doing it, you you can do it all, so you should do it all, and you're getting burnt out, that's just, that's not healthy for you. So I think in everything, it's important to have balance, right? Um, and so, you know, that I can do it all, I can do it all, so I'm gonna do it all, or I should do it all, that's a trauma response. That's hyper-independence. That comes from you not being able to trust that the adults in your life and child when you were a child are going to take care of you that is that is the inability to trust as a child manifesting itself in hyper, as hyper independence in adulthood that's me that's something that I struggle with I have always been that oh I can do it I got this strong independent black woman no I am ready for my soft era like I'm I'm it's giving trauma is what okay. It's getting. okay um and i'm bad you know i like for a long time i wouldn't even ask ian to help me with my yeah. husband to help me with stuff yeah. right like i would i no. but always, know
0: but yeah, yeah, i've always yeah i've always known you like this even before yeah we were when we were younger you were always like i got it i'll take care of it yeah you just be like Okay, we, yeah we, yeah, okay.
1: but that's that is that's hyper independence from co- constantly being let down as a child. Mm-hmm. So I don't put my trust in people to take care of something because I'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. I'm that's something that I have to learn to let go of. I have to learn to, and that goes back to the conversation that I was having earlier, setting setting those boundaries and expectations in the beginning, and and being honest with yourself and honest with your spouse when you don't have 50% to give.
0: So, when you hear this when you hear that the conversation's 50-50. Um wh- what comes to mind when you when you hear people our age have a discussion about who should pay more of the bills um in in, in regards to who gets to be more dominant in in the the, the relationship, it, it seems the more money you make equals how much, how much more dominance you get to have in the, in the, or to say so in in the relationship. Mm -hmm. When you hear that, you know, I I know it goes back. You kind of answered it already, but can you, when you hear this, this talk amongst grown people about, I need to make more money so I can tell you what to do. So I can tell you to shut up. If you get snippy with me, that's basically, (laughs) that's basically (laughs) what it comes down to Who, who makes more money. Therefore, I get to tell you when and what to do in, in a nutshell.
1: Well, I mean, that comes down. That's that's respect. That's 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 respect. That is, you know, like I said, I'm the breadwinner in my marriage and I have been since day one. That does not mean that I get to talk shit to my husband because he's a human being and he doesn't deserve it. Right. Me having more money should not equal me having more power in the relationship. Again, it, there is a, there's a power dynamic that ebbs and flows. If you, it may not be 50-50 all the time, but you are still a partnership. You are still hu- two human beings who are working in synchronicity together towards a shared goal, right? So it's a partnership. It's not a, I'm the head of the household, so I get to tell you what to do, that's 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 archaic. It's not if you want someone to to have dominion over, then yeah, get you a sugar baby, right? Like if that's what you want, but if you want a true, genuine partnership, then then that's it can't it can't it can't be that way.
0: So is that a that's a dead generational point of view? If 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 I'm hearing you, correctly.
1: I make more money, so I get yeah. I have to say so. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not the best way to foster a relationship of reciprocity. Okay. I feel like that's more of like a parent-child relationship than a partnership in a marriage.
0: So what what may have worked 30, 40 years ago is not feasible today because we're totally- Tell me
1: something that you know of from 30, 40 years ago that translates into today outside of of the context of a relationship tell me something from th- tell me something from 20 years ago that
0: I'll worked do, i'll today. do you better let's go 10 years ago when you could still basically make your wife have sex with you whether whether you wanted to or not now you run the risk of going to jail by forcing your wife to have sex with you
1: well yeah. like she's a person with body autonomy
0: Right, but you know, f- 40 years ago, she had no say so. Oh, like, I know. Yeah, so everything that parents grandparents did it does not up- it can't up- there's no way. You you be, you'd be locked fuck up. Yeah. You know, um yeah.
1: But even, I mean, I'll just breaking it down to the most simple things. When was the last time you saw a new car with a CD player in it? I can't. No. Good luck trying to, you know, play your 20-year-old CD collection. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what I'm talking about. So yeah. just like everything has changed, for some reason, people want to hold on to the idea that, um, you know, my grandparents did it this way. Okay. Your grandmama was hand-washing laundry and dishes and on her hands and knees scrubbing the floor. Like the Like-
0: I'm not even, I'm not even going. (laughs) But
1: again, this all comes back to what works for you, right? What works for me and mine is a relationship of reciprocity, right? That's what works for me, setting boundaries, treating each other like human beings, growing together, Working on our mindset together, continuously dating—that works for me. But there are some, some there are some men out there who prefer to be, you know, like yes, I'm da- that she's the boss. You know, there are some men who don't want to make those decisions for themselves. I remember working in retail years ago, and there would be men and women who would come in here, and the woman would pick out all of his clothes, and say, "Okay, here you go, go try these on," <laughs> and he would go in the fitting room. Try them on. Come out. I like that. I don't like that. That's what you're getting. Right? That's That was his dynamic. It was that she was more like a mother than a wife. Right? Because okay. he didn't want to make those decisions. He hated shopping. He didn't okay. want to make those decisions. So she picked out his clothes. Okay. There are some people that that works for them. And if it works for you, do it. But do it if it works for you not because you're trying to stick to a societal norm that is expected by people who have nothing to do with your relationship. If you if if you enjoy, if polyamory is your thing, do it. If you are not interested in you know, getting married at all and you just wanna have a relationship, do that. But the point of all of this is to understand what works for you and your partner for, your well-being, and your longevity with one another.
0: How much influence do you see social media having an impact on relationships? And if you do, um, how much negative, how much positive?
1: Um, unless, So the way social media is set up is unless you are actively seeking out the positive, you tend to get the negative. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, because of how algorithms are set up and, you know, just what people humans are drawn to. Um, I, I don't. I don't know that social media is really has a positive mental impact on anything Okay. from our kids to our, you know, the way that we view ourselves um, to our relationships. I social media. Is good for advertising your business, finding out information, keeping in touch with people, making a lot of people feel like shit because you are comparing your life to someone else's highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, mindless entertainment. So I feel like when people put too much weight on social media, um, that's just harmful all the way around.
0: Okay. Um, and, and in regards to different types of relationships everyone's given their space I don't know I don't understand why marriages are just placed into a box and they say everybody this is how your marriage should be when any other type of relationship is like like you mentioned polyamorous no one dares put them in a box mm-hmm. uh, no one dares put the, uh, the Mormons what they do in a box is this specifically when it comes to marriage between a man and a woman everybody has something to say why do you think that is
1: Um, I think that because marriage is one of the oldest, like marriage between a man and a woman is one of the oldest Western, um, situations that people are used to, right? Right. They, they, you, you have these foundational ideas of what something is meant to be. Um, and so that just sticks with you, right? Like. It just, it sticks with you. And so when someone comes in and shakes that up, then it makes you feel weird um, because you have a, a preset definition of what that should be. Right. So then when someone changes the definition, you feel wrong. Um, and so it doesn't resonate. It, it, it creates dissonance with a lot of people. And um, I think that at the end of the day, you know, you just need live and let live. If that just because it works for you, a traditional marriage works for you does not mean that that's the best thing for these people. And then when you you know, and it's and I say Western specifically because there are a lot of we know tribes in different states in in Africa, tribes in different areas in the Middle East, um, in India, where polyamory or I'm sorry, polygamy is the norm. Having multiple wives is the norm. Um, because culturally and as far as just uh, societally, that's what makes sense for them, right? It works for them. Um, It's only Western cultures that have really come in and like had these very strict man, woman, marriage, done rules. Um, But that's what we're raised in, right? Um, And so I think that when we connect with, with our roots and when we can't connect with what other, appreciate what other cultures have done and what works for them, then we can begin to respect that there's not only one right way to do things.
0: So as long as I've known you, you've always taken journeys and you've, you've, you've always been in, into self-actualization and, and furthering and bettering yourself. Um but I've never asked you where that came from or what was the motivation um, I just always assumed that that's just how she was. You know, I never, I never really looked deeper into what it was. Like, like, like when we first, when I first met you, like, you know, he's, he was always doing something and always, you know, Uber's uppity, uppity smart, like you were uppity smart. Yeah. Right. You know, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how much, smart. how much Maybe of that. Is, <laughs> um <laughs> That's the best way I could I could I could I could I could frame it. But um, how much of that was upbringing? How much of that you know is just your life journey oh. and you wanting to be like, okay, I I need to learn this lesson now. Now I learned that. On to the next lesson, and I want to do this, and I want to try that.
1: Um, so you know, but your your folks don't know. So I was raised by a single mom, drug addicted, um until she was on drugs until I was 16, right? And it was, I, I didn't know, I, I didn't, I, she knew who my dad was, um, but I didn't know, I, I could walk past him down the street and would have no idea that that's who he was. Um. I mean, we were homeless, there was, you know, there was abuse, there was, I mean, it, you name it, like I could go on and on and on. Um. Honestly, the, that story though is not unique. There are a lot of people who have drug addicted parents, especially from the eighties. Um, there are a lot of people who have parents who struggle with with addiction or mental health issues and stuff. Um, but for me, I was in, I remember I was in foster care when I was 16, 15, 16, right before my mom got out of jail, right? And it was about to be my 16th birthday and I, or I'm sorry, it was my 16th birthday and I was sitting on the floor in my foster home by myself on my 16th birthday. And I thought to myself like, there's gotta be more to life than this, right? There's got to be more to life than this. This is not what I want my life to be. I don't want my life to be drug abuse, homelessness and jail time. Um, And so I made a conscious, like a very conscious decision that that is not what my life was gonna be. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was younger, you know, even before then I would romanticize what it would be like to have a normal life or what I envisioned as a normal life, right? Mm-hmm. It was the, like, I was very specific. I wanted a mom and a dad who were educated, who did not do drugs or drink, where I, I had a like a, a stable roof over my head I didn't have to worry about lights being turned off or not having water. Um, and I just wanted it to be normal. And it's funny because I was very, very clear on what that vision was. And now later in life, I realized that I manifested that for myself, okay. just not in the way that I expected, because obviously, like as a kid, I knew I wasn't going to suddenly wake up one day and have a mom who was educated and a dad who was around. and But that's me and my husband. Right. We have a very normal ish life. We have, you know, a house next to the beach. I'm educated. My husband is educated. Neither one of us drinks. Neither one of us does drugs. Um, My children have never flipped a switch and not had a light turn on. They have never had to take a cold shower. Um, They have. Well, Ava, my oldest, has been at the same school her entire like her entire during her entire time in school. She's never had to move schools um and i had to i can't count the number of schools that i went to so it's i under like i then finally understood the power that i had um early on and now i'm seeing it even more and so it's just now it's 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 a regular thing now it's just this is who it's who i've become because of a mindset shift but i had to make that conscious decision to say My life is more than what I've been given thus far.
0: Mind you, in one of the most expensive cities in California.
1: (laughs) It's not one of. It's not though. It's not. It's not. So you Um, say. But yeah, you know, Mr. K2B2, that mind is something else. It's true. It's true. And so I've really, um, I've written several books and created several journals and and, and things and tools to help people do exactly that, right? That's where my passion is. Like, I have a a regular, you know, job as a writer. Um, But as far as authoring, I, you know, that's what I'm dedicating my life to. Because it's, God, if people could just understand the power that they have in their minds, like, that shift is real. Like, it's...
0: What was the inspiration for you to, to, to start, to start authoring?
1: Um, because a a lot of people like now manifestation has become a buzzword, right? But when I started in this, you know, I'll say 15 years ago, (laughs) maybe 20 ish, but really 15 years ago, um, it wasn't as buzzy or taboo as it is now. Right. And, um, because I saw it firsthand and I could do it firsthand, like there, there was, I kid you not, and this sounds really crazy, but there was a time when a day when I literally manifested $6,500 in one day, like in a single day. Um, and obviously, there's action behind that, right? Like the money didn't, I did wasn't just like, oh, I want $6,500 and it's like fell out of the sky you have to take inspired action, but people are not going to take inspired action if you don't have your mindset right, right? And so seeing the power and understanding how, and then like, I mean, the science behind it, the physics behind it, understanding, you know, the, that side of it, um, because like you said, I'm I'm a nerd. Well, you didn't say it that nicely, but. Um,
0: I It was nicely meant, people. Well,
1: yeah, thank you, but understanding, <laughs> You know because i'm very very logical right I, I i'm very spiritual but i'm also very logical and if it doesn't if the math ain't mathin i'm not there and so when i started to understand the coupling between the like the physics and the science behind why manifestation is such and and why your mindset matters so much and then seeing that actually play out in real time um, i just got very passionate about it because we, especially like, you know, black and brown folks, we are out here living in a reality that we don't need to live in. And a lot of us, you know, especially coming from our parents, I know my dad does this. A lot of us have have kind of put ourselves in a box that we don't really belong in. And so we we, we go along with this woe is me attitude a lot of times, not understanding that you're attracting that and that you have the power to change it um and so seeing people who i loved and cared about not understanding how their words affected their reality really really got to me and i think it got to me most ugh and this sucks i might cry but so wait, wait, my mom wait, died of cancer no it's all right it's all right i'm open book okay when my mom died of cancer I remember telling her, like, if you don't stop, and this was before she got sick, but if you don't stop, you will never meet your grandkids. Like you need to stop smoking, right? She wouldn't get it, wouldn't get it, wouldn't get it. And I was like, just all you had to just change your mindset around it. Like you can do it. Cause she would constantly be like, I can't do it. This is my only vice. I mean, I'm sure you've heard that people will, will, say, Oh, this is my only vice. This is the only bad thing I do. So it's okay. Well, yeah, your only vice leads to cancer. Your only vice leads to diabetes. Like put, put the chocolate cake down. Right. Um, but with my mom, she would, she would always rationalize, Oh, this is my only vice is smoking. I can't quit. I, you know, I've been doing it for this long. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. Like it was that mindset. Mm. And, um, so in that, she ultimately did end up passing away before she ever met her grandkids. Um, And yeah, like it was really hard, but it was it ended up being because she couldn't get her mindset right. Right. Like if she had decided in her mind, I can quit. I have the ability to do this mind over matter. Like if she had gotten that, she might still be here today. So it's a huge loss. And you know, and like I said, that happened uh, about 15 years ago. Like I said, that's Has probably a that long really, it. Yeah. Um <clears throat> that's probably really when I got into it a lot, but okay. that was really the catalyst.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. It's it's rough.
0: Yeah, that went she didn't know me from a can of paint, mom. Can he stay with us? <laughs> Mom, Can he stay with us? Can he live with us? <laughs> I know. She's like, okay. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. She loved you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a
1: good. She was. A she good was one. good to
0: me. Yes. This she was, was good, good to me. Yeah. I, listen, I would stay in the room. I didn't want to disturb her peace. You know, she'd be in the living room watching. You know, and I'd be like, I'm. Just, you know, don't disturb her peace. You know, I'm just gonna stay right mm-hmm. in this room. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. but. She did. She loved you. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And all the,
1: uh, we'll save the tapes that she found for another. Hey, listen, first so. of all, you
0: don't even have to get into all that. It's not even relevant to the just. And once again, we're not proving they were my tapes. So I don't, whatever. Okay. Yeah, no. Anywho, think... it could have been anybody's tapes. You know, anybody. Today, people running around here, breaking into homes, putting in tapes and VCRs. It happens. Yeah, it, it, it happens.
1: yeah I'm sure. What Whatever. Maybe in. Maybe in? And techie, who, but whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I want to ask you real quick. Um, I, I guess okay. The marriage expectation, till death do you part. Is that the wrong expectation to have?
1: Hell, yes, it is. Okay. Absolutely. Um, because you know, like, case in point, my sister, right? She got married at a young age. And um, with with my sister, she was married at 17. She got pregnant at 19. Um, But all of a sudden, like after she got married is when he started to become physically violent. Okay, right. And I asked her and it's funny because we just had this conversation recently. Why did you stay for so long? And I kid you not, and this is one of the reasons why I'm like, we need to get out of that mindset. She said, I remember grandma and grandpa being married for 70 years and grandma saying, sometimes you just have to stick it out. And I said, you stayed in this abusive relationship for 23 years because of our grandparents? And I explained to her, I'm like, do you realize, you know, the credit, the this, the that, and, you know, the opportunities and options for our grandmother leaving when her relationship became violent were vastly different Mm -hmm. from what my sister would was able to do in, you know, the, the 90s, early 2000s. And it never dawned on her. It never dawned on her that the opportunities for her, like it just, it's just grandma made it work. They were, they had a happy marriage for seven. No, the fuck, they did not have a happy marriage for 70 years. Grandpa got old and weak and stopped beating that ass. And then their relationship got better. Like that. I mean, so no, they, did they love each other? Absolutely. But you know, that first 30 years of absolute turmoil, um, was terrible to live through. Yeah. So that whole "till death do us part" like that, like people take that to heart.
0: I, for, yeah, that's a that's In
1: absolutely not... like toxic, terrible levels. And yeah, you know, some it that doesn't like I said, it goes back to do what works for you. If you get into a if you get into a wedding or you you marry someone, you get into a relationship, and you find out like after the fact that it's all bad then you need to leave. I um, mean, if you're a Christian that God forgives everything, apparently you'll be fine. Step yeah, out.
0: I, I never looked at divorce as like, uh, I don't know, because I'm a child of divorce. You know, if they came together, they did something, got something accomplished and it didn't work out. Yeah. There's separate ways.
1: Yeah. Um, but some people look at it as, as a personal failure and it's not yeah. like, that's. I think that's not something that you can take on to yourself because you can't be accountable for that other person.
0: Okay. Um, Before I let you go, you wrote a book many, many years ago.
1: (laughs) So I wrote a book several years ago called Dating Advice from a Man Whore. And it is all based on my friendship with my philandering yet wise best friend. A heavily flawed individual himself. So, (laughs) So, um, yes, Dating Advice from a Man Whore. It's. I love it. It's really it's a memoir, but it's also like a self-help book. It talks about how I was going through dating and how he gave me fantastic um, advice during my dating times. But it also gives examples of why um, why he was right, like literally scientific and psychological examples of why the information that he gave them was that he gave me was right and how you can apply that moving forward. So. Yes, dating advice in a man, uh, from a man whore is available. I think it's available on my stand store, but you can find it on Amazon too. Right,
0: right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah.
1: So if y'all want to know a little bit more about this guy here,
0: it ain't woo. even listen. No. It's, it's, a, it's at
1: least a couple of bodies.
0: It's a, yeah, it's in, a couple of bodies. With a few. Wait, even back then, I wasn't really... even
1: back then. This has been consistently your. Wait,
0: what, no, no, When No, back then, I wasn't. I No, I was dating her. Remember, cause um, we were locked in the house, and my Mar- and, and she was like, "Get out the house, you guys work too much." And she was the first fucker I fucking dated.
1: Uh, no, I know, but what? there were more fuckers that you dated. Okay, it was a few. Yeah. A few. Thank you. Thank you. Okay,
0: yeah. that's right. It was the uh, the one. Oof, that yes. one.
1: But it's it's a short book. It's only about 150 pages, and I meant it to be. Short, sweet, and to the point. Like it's, it's, um, you can read it easily. It's small enough to be able to, you know, take it with you if you're like in a waiting room somewhere or something. But, um, and I have it where you can, uh, get it digitally on, uh, my stand store too. So, yeah, yeah. we're,
0: we're still going to get that thing told on on a, on a screen. Like I've never given up on that. So,
1: yeah, no, know. we, uh, it's some, it's, yeah. some stuff. it's some stuff. So, um, I think it's a great book. I've had a lot of good feedback. And funny enough, so one of my coworkers read it, he's a middle-aged man. And he was like, T, I read the book three times. I was like, you're not even the target demographic for it. And he was like, I'm not kidding, I read it three times. Um, so yeah, like it, there's really something in it for everyone. It, it talks about like dating and 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 stuff, but it's also a good story and some good insights into like human psychology. and why people do what they do
0: well um we need to do a part two to this because
1: let's do it i'm down whenever yeah
0: this i mean because you're super mom and you're always fucking at the beach and shit And
1: i know i have to go beach. and i have to go now and pick up the little one from from tk
0: okay all right get out of here go go and, all right um, Brent,
1: i appreciate you thank you everyone um you can follow me on i don't know the tiktoks or the instagrams Find me under Tiana Giovanna. Um, I think on TikTok it's guidance for our grown folks. Either way, if you type in Tiana Giovanna, you'll find me.
0: That's what's up. All so. right, get out of here. Enjoy the rest of your All day. Right. Thanks, everyone. All right. Yo, that's my sister from another mother. So, uh, Renzo, thank you for the two uh, in the cash app, Brett. Um, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. I got some errands to run. Uh, I'll be back later on tonight with, uh, with Red Sings to Blues. Um, they might get this strike thing worked out. I don't think I don't see it happening not by the weekend. So, um, so yeah, that that's it's one of my closest people in the world. She knows where all the bodies are buried, all of them. She knows everybody I knocked down, all of them. Like if I ever get jammed up, i be like, T, here's a picture in his video, and here's a video, in just in case I get jammed up." She has all the body <laughs> she knows her all the body <laughs> yeah that's one of my closest confidants i think it's my only really close confidant yeah yeah she knows everybody everybody so um that's what's up i'm out of here thank y'all for hanging out i'll be back in a few hours um if you get a chance to visit her her stand check her out she's super dope you know One of my bestest, bestest, you know, people and favorite people in the whole wide world. So, with that being said, I thank y'all for hanging out. I'll be back in a few hours. Have a good one. Peace.